I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. This is a podcast exclusive edition of the program. I'm delighted to welcome reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer, Ellie Rushing, to our broadcast today. Thanks so much for joining me, Ellie. Thank you so much for having me, Alexander. Ellie, can you tell us the latest in your reporting, which has been pretty groundbreaking and remarkable about the state of the Postal Service in Pennsylvania and specifically Philadelphia? Sure. So last week I received an email from a reader in the Overbrook section of Philadelphia, which is in West Philadelphia. And he reached out, he said, hi Ellie, I haven't had my mail in over a week. Can you kind of ask around and see what's going on? We're, we're getting pretty worried about these delays. Some of my neighbors are seeing even more significant delays. So I just started, you know, calling around called a few other neighbors and found that parts of Philadelphia are seeing extreme delays in their mail delivery. Residents of Overbrook are going weeks without their mail. Uh, some people three weeks, almost a month without receiving the crucial things that they're expecting, including medication, paychecks, bills, the food that they're ordering so that they don't have to leave their home to go to the grocery store for fear of coronavirus exposure. And it really seemed kind of like the first time that we're actually seeing the impacts that are coming from DC in terms of the threats to the Postal Service and how they are affecting residents on the ground. When you received that concerned citizens email or correspondence. Was it a single email that then led you to a group of folks who were alarmed that they hadn't gotten their mail or has there been a groundswell that was reaching out to you and your colleagues? I received this email and then I put out a Twitter kind of question of, hey, if you're in Philadelphia and you've been seeing delays in your mail, let me know. And I just started getting a swarm of responses, especially on Twitter from all over the city. It seems like most parts of the city, I mean, from North Philadelphia to South Philadelphia to Southwest, typical delays are about two to three days, maybe where they're seeing a lag in not getting any mail and then they'll get a bunch of mail at once and then weeks long delays in the packages that they're expecting. In the Overbrook section specifically, it really seems to be the largest and most significant delay. Uh, the neighbor that I spoke to over email, I guess, ended up putting my phone number on the next door app. And so I started getting dozens of calls. I still get calls. Yesterday, I took, a, I took two different calls from residents who are saying, hi, I saw you're helping us figure out what's happening with our mail. Can I talk with you about it? And I mean, just the concern in their voice. They are so beyond frustrated. They're basically desperate at this point. I mean, it's people, one woman who's, who takes care of her grandson who has autism, she gets his mail delivered and now it's not coming. Another woman is a disabled veteran with heart and lung problems who orders food and grocery supplies from Walmart to avoid coronavirus exposure. But now it's taking weeks for her to get it and she's being forced to go into the store. Others are watching their paychecks sit in the office and they can't get those items delivered or they can't actually pick those items up. They have to wait until 
it's delivered by a carrier. Since your report, what have you learned about the responsiveness to these concerns? Well, people are pretty outraged to, to actually hear how it's officially affecting residents, specifically in Philadelphia. Uh, people are really concerned about the potential impacts this could have on our election, given that a lot of votes are expected to be through the mail. Um, people have been writing their state representatives. They are calling on Congress to take action to support the post office. And so it's really just kind of a matter of time until Congress does act on this. I understand that the current postmaster general is expected to come before the Senate's post office committee sometime in September to answer questions. But this is happening now and residents are wondering what can be done now and it's honestly unclear. Ellie, is it clear at all whether this is political in nature? In other words, do we know whether the Postal Service in Philly and maybe more nationally is funded but is receiving guidance to not deliver in the same manner it did before this new postmaster general was installed. Right, so it's actually a combination of many things that are leading to these significant delays. So the, under, the offices across Philadelphia's post offices and actually across the country are extraordinarily understaffed. This is happening on top of an extreme boom in parcels as people are ordering more of their goods online. And then, of course, the coronavirus is exacerbating all of this. When carriers get sick, other employees are forced to quarantine. In Philadelphia, specifically since March, there have been at least 133 coronavirus cases among Philly's postal workers. The crucial thing, which is where people feel like this is becoming political and is honestly seems to be some sort of attack on the Postal Service, is the policy changes that are coming directly from Washington. We've seen President Trump tweet and talk about how the Postal Service is terrible, how it needs to be privatized. In June, he appointed a new Postmaster General, his name's Louis DeJoy. Uh, he's actually a Trump donor and a GOP fundraiser. He has no postal experience. And he's ordered extreme changes to the way that postal workers are operating. He's eliminating overtime. He's changing the delivery process. He's actually telling workers to leave mail behind if it is not ready for them by the time that they need to start their shift. On top of that, he's also reducing post offices hours, including closing them at lunch, which is a prime time for people to use the service. And in some cases, he's closing offices altogether. A lot of the changes that he's making, including just the idea of telling carriers to leave mail behind. Usually they would wait five or 10 minutes if you know they're still sorting through things, but now they're being told you must leave when your shift starts, even if you don't have all the mail that you need to deliver. The carriers feel like they're being forced to abandon some of the most sacred tenants of their job. And one expert that I spoke with and the city's union leaders and the carriers, they all believe that this is part of an orchestrated effort to plunge the services sales, anger the public and destroy its trust in the agency and ultimately privatize it. The Postal Service has 
is actually one of the most beloved and trusted government agencies in the country. A Pew Trust Center survey last year found that it was the most beloved with a 91% approval rating. It is in this climate that we are concerned about what recourse exists. You describe folks who need medication, their paycheck. The longer term trajectory here is how this might impact our democracy and being able to count votes in a legitimate election. So when you have heard these anecdotes of post office deliveries not occurring on a daily basis, has there been any immediate reaction from the Postal Service to ensure that this will not be a problem for absentee mail-in balloting this fall? It's, it's a little too early to know how, how much this could affect the way the post office operates and collects the ballots through the mail, uh, but at least from voter participation, every expert, every union person, every carrier, every resident that I talked to immediately brought up their concerns with how this could affect voting. And so if there's not an immediate understanding of how it will actually affect the counting of the votes and the delivery of the votes, there's already this concern amongst voters about the, legitis- the legitimacy of their votes and how it will be affected that it could definitely begin and probably already is beginning to impact their voter behavior. So, you know, the, I read an AP story that said Congress had invited the Postmaster General, not subpoenaed, not uh, required, but there seems to be this conciliatory approach rather than one that is demanding accountability. Um, so from the local perspective of what these consumers, what these citizens can do in the coming days and weeks to protect the integrity of the mail and their ability to receive paychecks or medicines or other essential goods, what can be done if you're saying, based on your reporting, that on a daily basis, folks are not getting their mail in Philly? I think it's important for residents, and it's been clear through social media interactions that they're already beginning to do this, to reach out to their local representatives, reach out to their senators and say, what are you going to do about this? This is my experience. This is what's happening to my neighbors. Uh, Some experts have suggested that what's currently being done is actually a violation of Title 39, which is the 1970 Act that outlines the importance and role of the Postal Service. So a couple of experts of excerpts from that act include, quote, the cost of establishing and maintaining the Postal Service shall not be a portion to impair the overall value of such service to the people, and that no small post post office shall be closed solely for operating at a deficit, it being the specific intent of the Congress in that effective postal services be insured to residents of both urban and rural communities. So this is a service that I mean, it's been around for 245 years. It's been outlined through acts, through laws, how important it is for it to be continuing to operate. So I think that, you know, it comes down to those residents 
and to call on their leaders to say, hey, this exists and you need to uphold these laws and do something to at least know that you're hearing us and understanding what we're going through. And to your knowledge, has any of that interaction at the more local level in terms of engaging with local post offices, has, has, has there been any constructive development short of an, a wholesale change or reversing some of the very problematic orders from the national leader, the postmaster general? Have, has there been anything constructive that has come on the local level to ensure an expedited correction for the residents that you talk to? Have not seen anything yet. I've actually been pretty surprised uh, to see that no council members, at least from monitoring their social media, I haven't seen much chatter from them. Uh, Cory Booker actually shared the story on his Twitter yesterday. So it's, I mean, it's getting their attention, but I think residents have been really surprised and frustrated that no direct action has been taken. Right, because if the United States Congress is not going to act with diligence and vigilance, then it's going to be state legislators and council members who have to protect the interests of their constituents. Uh, and, and this is really constituent services 101 um, when it comes to the mail. Right. Let me ask you this, Ellie. In the communities that are suffering from the withdrawal of mail service and the um, the removal of this vital resource um, that ought to be guaranteed for all residents of every zip code, is there a either partisan or racial dimension of, of this in that the communities that you see suffering from this are democratic, are black and brown communities, or are zip codes that are, that are specifically being targeted, whether that's for racial or economic reasons? It's a good question, and it's a question that we're looking into to try and find the answer of. Unfortunately, I don't have the evidence right now to say that that is the case. Uh, but I can say that the Overbrook section of Philadelphia, which has seen the most significant delays, is predominantly black, is a lower income section of the city. And a carrier said to me, he said, you know, I think that some post office managers, some supervisors, there's certain parts of the city that they know they can get away with being lackadaisical and not setting uh, substitutes up for routes if a carrier is out for the day to actually make sure that mail is delivered because certain residents won't complain as much. But it's clear that these residents are starting to complain. It's been three weeks now since they've had their mail and they're fed up. So I think it also is up to the city council to, to hear the concerns of their residents and to take that local political power and pressure their, the state representatives at the same time. So you're not sure, but you can at least anecdotally report on this community, this neighborhood that's been affected. Uh, have you seen examples in neighborhoods 
um, that that are elsewhere in the state of Pennsylvania that that are being adversely affected by this? At this point, it seems like every neighborhood across the board is being affected, whether it's a couple days or weeks. I've, I've been hearing from carriers across the country in Milwaukee, in Wyoming, that are saying it's the same things happening here. Uh, so I haven't heard specific anecdotes from the wealthier neighborhoods of extreme delays. Um, but, I think but it sounds like, Ellie, that you have been in touch with either carriers or some of your peer journalists covering mm -hmm. this on beats in other states, or do you intend to collaborate with or, or interact with some of those reporters? It would seem like that's important. Of course. Any one that would like to collaborate, especially on Philadelphia. Pennsylvania is an incredibly important, important state to this election. So I think that, you know, it does require a lot of collaboration with national media as well as the local media to, to draw attention to this. And I hope that more people begin to start looking at this issue, not just from, you know, the systematic part of the story and the political part of the story, but how this is affecting residents right now on the ground. Ellie, has there been any reaction from the governor, uh, Governor Wolf, or the lieutenant governor, governor uh, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman? I have not seen any reaction yet, no. I ask because, again, this is a local, municipal, state, federal issue all in one. The, the mail itself may pertain to a state election or a federal election down the line, but you cover breaking news for the Inquirer broadly. This is the really excellent reporting you've done most recently, but do you see this at all as related to the ongoing developments in Pennsylvania about responsive elections in November that are going to provide voters the opportunity to drop off their ballots in a safe way during this pandemic? I'm not an expert in voting and I'm not an expert, you know, in the election process and how Pennsylvania handles its elections, but we are actually looking into this right now for a follow-up story. So I will be sure to make, um, to make notes to specifically answer that question. Right, because there, there is ongoing litigation that is contesting Pennsylvania's efforts to ensure access and safe access mm -hmm. to voting this fall. And I, and I do think that this USPS story at some point is going to intersect with that story because it seems like as long as the Postal Service is involved, in getting potentially ballots from homes to county boards of election, this is gonna continue to be an issue. In, in covering local news in, in the Metro Philly area, would you say this story may have the most profound significance and consequences of anything that you've reported on to date? I think that, you know, it is, it's the perfect example of a local story with national implications. And if this is happening in, in Philadelphia, uh, 
one of the largest cities, the poorest city, the poorest big city in the country. Uh, the lower income residents, older residents are the ones who rely on the mail the most. And so I think that I'm sure that if we look into other predominantly lower income cities, predominantly black cities, you're gonna see these same issues that are happening in Philadelphia. And you know, your paper covers developments across the border. It's, it's not just Pennsylvania specific. You've done a lot of reporting on developments in New Jersey. Um, it, has there been any input that you've gotten on the, the mail issues from Jersey? There's actually a Vox story that ran last week that specifically cites an East Camden post office and a Cherry Hill post office in South Jersey. Uh, both have had their, the hours of service completely slashed from like nine to four hours a day. So yes, this is definitely happening across state lines. Right. It, you know, is, and the reality is that the hours could be a major issue in failing to, to get uh, folks mail delivered and to get their letters into mm -hmm. the system. Um, because if you starve the, the, the hours, if you close post offices, um, then you, know, you, you are likely going to have an outcome. Um, right, and, it's, and I mean, the, you're closing early, so you're reducing the amount of hours that the staff is working to be able to sort that mail, to get it organized so the carriers can deliver it. And on top of that, you're really angering the residents who need to go to the post office, who go there to deliver these essential things that they want to get out, and it's closed. I mean, even closing it at lunchtime, that's a crucial time that residents use the post office when they can get off work to go deliver something. And so reducing the hours is really specifically pinpointing things that are going to frustrate the American people, which is what experts are saying is one of the main, you know, goals in all these changes is to, to anger Americans so that they stop using it so that the, so that the, you know, service declines so that it becomes privatized. Right. That, that's the long-term right. goal. However, the short-term goal may be to, in the case of, of what is an administration with autocratic tendencies, it may be to not just starve the post office, but starve the president's opponent of votes. And if you look at the election results in 2008, and then again in 2012, Barack Obama won nearly universally in, in Philadelphia. And if you're going to starve votes legitimate votes, starve or steal might be the better word, then this is a way that it can be done. Um, you know, as just a final question for you, Ellie, it doesn't sound like enough is being done at the local, state, or federal level. You know, the, the, there are constantly emails that are sent on behalf of Democratic politicians discussing the issue with the mail and the USPS. Um, often Democratic candidates for office in recent weeks have used it as a real political issue, anticipating this next coronavirus pandemic 
legislative impasse and the need for new legislation. But it does, it really doesn't sound like enough is being done in response to your reporting. Um, that, and, and meanwhile, you've just kind of hit the surface and haven't even given a picture comprehensively of, of what's going on. Exactly. This is just a snapshot. This doesn't even show the widespread implications. And like you said, it, it seems like not much is being done. I think, well, that's where residents are saying, well, why? I mean, they're, people are frustrated and are blaming, you know, the Republicans for wanting to dismantle it and for advocating for it to be privatized. But then they're also saying, well, Democrats, what are you going to do about it? You're, you're sitting here and you're recognizing that this is a problem, but you're not taking the matters into your hands to actually act. Ellie, I hope you keep reporting on this subject and keep you and your colleagues continue to probe the Senator Casey, Senator Toomey, the governor, Governor Wolf, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, uh, and, and of course, you know, that your paper has special resonance for Philly and a Pennsylvania readership, but this is a national issue. So I, I uh, thank you for your reporting and thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, if you're listening to this, definitely monitor our website. We are working on tons of follow-up stories on this, uh, but thank you so much, Alexander, for having me today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome.